And they were like, you need to think about whether you want to be here. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher, and joining me today, a very special guest. Uh, She's an illustrator and author. She's previously worked as an art director with Studio Jelly here in Portland and has worked with clients like Airbnb, Dr. Bronner's, Oregon State Parks, The New York Times, Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, and many more. And you can pre-order her brand new book, Slow Noticing, a journal for drawing your world inside and out from bookshop.org or most other major book retailers right now. It's Mia Nolting. Hi. Hi. That was a great little blurb. Did you write that? I did. That's great. I feel like I've developed a very special talent for cobbling together blurbs from LinkedIn and random places. You can charge for that. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that would... I, I've often tried to figure out what is the way in which I can monetize my work on the show and maybe maybe developing blurbs for people. Yeah, I would pay, you know, $50 for that or something. Artisanal, handcrafted. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are some other Portlandy words that I could use to describe that? Um, locally made. Absolutely. These are these are highly locally made and locally sourced. Um, bespoke. Oh yeah, bespoke. Oh, this is so. So I was driving. Uh, I was driving to get coffee this morning, as I often do, and I saw that there is a apparently a real estate company here in town that is calling themselves Bespoke. Oh, nice. So yeah. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it's hard to imagine how a real estate agent could be bespoke. Of all the possible things, that seems like the one that's like, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to be handcrafted in no, the no. selling real estate <laughs> <Right>. market. <laughs> I'm the middleman, but I'm very delicate and careful with my middle mannery. It's so goofy. Um, how are you doing today, Mia? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I only got woken up at 5 o'clock. Oof. <laughs> and then I slept for another hour and a half. So, well, that's that's that was pretty good. Is the usual wake up time considerably earlier than that? Usually, there's a two a.m. wake up. Oh no! From the one year old. Yeah, they're, they they don't. He's working on it. He's working on it. Is that is that something that has? Because I know, like, oftentimes people who have kids will talk about the first year as being just a year without sleep. Yeah, you don't you don't sleep. They they have no internal clock yet. No, and then on the nights the baby sleeps. The five-year-old wakes up. Oh. The other night he woke up and he was like, I need to floss my teeth. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? Just middle of the night. You've never flossed your teeth in your life. (laughs) Like, you don't even know what that is. (laughs) It's two in the morning and you're five. You don't need need to floss your teeth. (laughs) What? Did, Did you... Did he go floss his teeth? No, because he didn't. I was like, you can go floss your teeth if you want to. And he's like, I'm scared. Come with me. I was like, I'm not coming. I'm not going with you. I was like, I'm not getting up. You can do that if you need to, but I'm not helping you. Did Did you ever figure out what it was that was the prompting for like, did no. he think he had something in his tooth? He or? didn't even remember in the morning. <laughs> Easy come, easy go. Yeah, it's like every, you know. Uh, object permanence is probably got down pretty well, but tooth <laughs> flossing. Yeah, flossing, like, 
Yeah, it's always something. It's always something. It's always something for these kids. I mean, such is the nature of life. Um, did you get to do anything before this? Go to the farmers market or any of that? No, I worked on um, I worked on a science class assignment before this. Saturday is my work day where I do school. I'm in school. You are. I sit by myself with no one saying mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a blessing. Yeah. yeah, we were we were talking a little bit before before the recording about your school. You are you are kind of doing some uh, doing some medical some, stuff. I'm doing some science classes right now. I'm in an anatomy and physiology class, and it's awesome. It's a ton of work that I don't have time for. <laughs> Um, but somehow I have a nice little routine of after bedtime. I try and do my work work, like money work during the day, either during naps or my husband and I sort of trade off with the baby. So we each get a couple days to work. And um, so I try and get, do work in the day. And then after bedtime, I get myself a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> That's the ticket. I tell myself I need the calcium because I'm still breastfeeding. And I eat my ice cream and I do my science homework. I make flashcards. You know, we get a study guide every week with all these terms and processes we have to learn. So I just make flashcards out of everything. And so I tell myself I'm still drawing I mean, I am still drawing, but I yeah. sort of, you know, I I try and connect it to the rest of my life or try not to abandon the rest of my life. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, I mean, because we were talking a little bit before the record, like, I think you are, you're kind of looking at this as, as maybe an opportunity to expand what you do illustratively, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, so I graduated with a BFA in illustration during the time of Flickr. Does anybody a, li a little does anybody while back. out there know what Flickr is? <laughs> Certainly, no one under twenty five. But it was the cornerstone. That was the only social media for like visual. I don't know because yeah. there was no Instagram. Instagram came, I guess, around the one two thousand twelve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that when, was when I. I think that's when I got on. Was like twelve or even like two thousand thirteen. Was yeah. maybe when I joined Instagram, and it wasn't. Um, yeah, and then Flickr was a very, it's, it wasn't like a general audience. It was like... It was very, very design and illustration oriented. Yeah. There was a huge community And there. I would like obsessively put up my sketchbook. Every week I would like scan sketchbook pages and put it up. And you'd get comments too. Oh, yeah. Like, there, people was were one, so... there was one post that it got like 10,000 likes or something like Holy that. Holy hell. Yeah. I was like, where are these people coming from? Like, who are these people? <laughs> but that was sort of before we knew how to use social media. Like now yeah. it's like you have to be on social media to promote yourself if you're a freelancer. Yeah. Right? I mean, I wish it wasn't the case, but that's sort of like you just have to do it. Actually, that's a good segue to this old book I brought. Yes. So the image that got 10,000 likes was a list. You know, I started doing these lists and like checklists and, you know, just sort of writing with my handwriting. I don't know. People really liked it for some reason. Yeah. Um, and that sort of led to this multiple choice diary that I made as like a little hand. I don't know. It was like a little pocket size print thing. Like a, like a zine or like a... Uh, sort of. You can actually still print a version from my website. Oh, um, really? It's basically like a list of feelings. It's inspired by Linda Hutchins. Oh, sure. Good, who's big a, Pacific Northwest artist. Exactly. So I used to work as her studio assistant. 
And she kept this little chart of, did I do yoga today? Did I, you know, stay? it's just sort of like a personal um, checklist. So it was a list on the left and then columns with the days of the week. And she would sort of fill in the circles of keeping track of self-care regimens. And I, I got to start doing that. <laughs> I, it's a great idea. And I stole that idea. Thank you, Linda. I stole that idea. And I made a little like an emotional version of it. Um, so like today I feel OK, whatever, things like that. Sort of based on these lists I had been making. And um, and that turned into this book because back in the blogger days, there was a, I also had a blogger blog. <laughs> blogger. Still like, is that what it was? Blogspot. Blog yeah, blogspot. 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 Blog... <laughs> blog spot blog spot um it's a such, you're combining two great words blog and spot oh my gosh it's very appealing to the blog ear. is the worst word <laughs> does it come from weblog i believe weblog. so which is also terrible awful awful anyway this publisher was like a follower on my blog spot <laughs> and um she emailed me and was like hey this would make a great book and i was like great and then, like, we sort of, it sort of languished. And then I finally sent her a few sample spreads of, like, here's how it could maybe be a book. And she was like, great. And we sort of went back and forth for a little bit. And then I didn't hear from her for, like, eight months. Oh. And I was like, I guess that's not happening. Like, yeah. Whatever. That's a long, that's a long time. And then out <laughs> of the blue. nearly a kid. I know. And then out of the blue, I got an email with a contract and a proposal, you know, oh. oh, I have an offer for you for this book deal. And I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I guess this is happening. So, um, wow. So, like, how long had you been sort of dancing around things before the eight month silence? I mean, it was years. So, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Cause that book didn't come out until 2018. Really? So, at least seven years, maybe? <laughs> Six or six, five, five to seven years, maybe. That's not a way to do a book. <laughs> what a strange. I don't know. Everything is just so slow. Yeah, I guess like, that's true. I don't know. Publishing especially. I mean, it was published in 2018, but I finished it in 2017, I guess. It was actually when I had my first kid. I was like post. And that's why I allowed them to title it what it is titled, which I do not I don't. I, I did not title it. Yeah, we should say what the title is. It's <laughs> it's instant journal. Chart your life one week at a time. So yeah, the biggest problem I have with that is that it's not instant. No, it's it's, it's in fact quite opposite. a thick book. It's actually the opposite of instant. It's like it's about just taking time. Yeah, like if you got instant ramen and <laughs> yeah. then you know unfolded like a car manual worth of instructions, exactly. I, I think you'd be a little mad at the old ramen company. Exactly. So you know. But I, I do appreciate that the inside of the book, they didn't do too much for the inside. You know, they kind of let me do what I wanted. Yeah, it's really... Other than like the chart thing. You know, they were really into those pie charts. Yes. And I wonder if that's also... Uh, I recently had Elizabeth Brown on and we were talking about the era of infographics. Totally. The, the big totally. infographics boom yep. of the mid-20-teens. Exactly. That's probably what it was. And their whole thing, you know, it's like a publisher where they... Every quarter, they publish all these books, and they, they want to have, like, different, I don't know. Yeah. They appeal to different audiences. So I got the slot that was, like, the busy teenagers, who, <laughs> you know. So I think that's why they sort of angled it that way. 
um, they're good looking charts and you know like yeah you know i'm happy with it and it was it was really cool to just kind of see a project through to that length yeah <laughs> you know it's like oh these little sketches i made as a post-college you know early 20 something now it's like a real book that's kind of cool it is i um, mean like I think the neat thing about doing something like this is like whoever buys this is completing it and doing like their own creative practice in it. And it's like growing in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of the idea. Yeah. And then my second book, because part of that book deal was um, I got to propose a second book. And that took me a lot of years just to come up with anything. Um, And then the second time I was like, I'm going to do this right. So I like (laughs) I had already made the cover what I wanted the cover to look like. You know, I sent them a proposal that was way more fleshed out. Like, this is what I want it to be called. They came up with a subtitle, which is fine, whatever. Um, They love subtitles. They love subtitles. Well, you know why? Because it helps with search Ah, engines. That makes sense. Yeah. Everybody's chasing that SEO game. Exactly. And the Amazon. And and then they, yeah, their subtitle uses specific keywords that they really wanted. And that's fine. You know, I don't want (laughs) to... I didn't push back on that. That's why there's just that spam of hashtags at the end of it, of course. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, and that was great. And they were like, this is great. So I had a little bit more control this time around, which was good. Yeah. Because um, this one, you we were talking also before they record, like you didn't really have anything to do with the cover either. No, no, I didn't. I mean, I did. They had me submit a few ideas for a cover, but that was when my first baby was like a month old. Oh, I was like, here you go. But they were so awful that um, they were like, we'll just do this in house. (laughs) I was like, okay, whatever. And I was too tired to like care. (laughs) And it was great. And also, you know, I just, I have to say my editor was fantastic. The, The art director who made the cover was actually really good, you know, for having come in later, like, she, they just sort of handed her this, but they're like, we need a cover because yeah. the author is not <laughs> not pulling through here. Probably 16 other things going on. Exactly. So I think she did a really good job given how quickly it had to come together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty cool book. So in the, in the new book is is slow noticing. Right. And that's, that's the one that you were proposing. Exactly. Yeah. So and then the new one is more about drawing. Like this one's more about writing. Yeah. Um, and the new one's more about drawing. What is it like inside? Do you want to kind of tell folks about the book a little bit? Sure. So I'm going to, um, I'll do another plug for my friends, Marika and Allison. And Hi, Marika we, and Allison. <laughs> the three of us, when I was very pregnant with my second child, the three of us were doing The Artist's Way. You know that book? I don't. Oh, my gosh. It's like this amazing kind of, it's got a whole cult following. It's like from the... I think 70s or 80s, maybe 90s. Anyway, it's from pre-internet times. Oh, I've seen this book before. Yeah, it's very popular. And yeah, a lot of the exercises are really cheesy. But I don't know, it's fun (laughs) to do with friends because, you know, we were meeting weekly and just sort of talking about the questions we were answering and whatever. Anyway, I was working on a proposal for slow noticing kind of as part of doing this artist's way you know there were all these prompts all these like kind of creative prompts yeah and I was like that could be cool to make a book you know for my next book proposal to do something around that and then at the same time I was helping my friend Nina hi Nina hi Nina and I was helping her with some graphics 
branding stuff for um, an online novel writing course. And there, you know, the a lot of creative writing courses have writing prompts, right? Like, think of a moment of your past and blah, 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 or look at this object and blah, 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 blah. And, and that was also really inspiring. Like, oh, that could be turned into a drawing exercise. Like, think about somebody you miss and yeah. draw, you know, a scene from something you did together, you know, stuff like that. So look at this photograph. Exactly. You know, that, that famous drawing prompt. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I just started kind of writing down these prompts and and it's very much, you know, so the publisher is, I think they call themselves Mind, Body and Spirit Self-Help, something like that. It's like, you know, it's sort of self-helpy, creative self-help, guided journal, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, it's a little cheesy, but it's also fun. And anyway, so I thought that drawing prompts would really fit into, you know, what they publish. Absolutely. Um, And it turns out it did. You know, they were like, this is great. I think it'll be, it's, you know, it's just black and white. It's really simple. And it's the same thing. Like you, you draw, you're encouraged to just like draw in the book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if, if you're looking for a fun time, I think that sounds like it. And I, I don't know about you, but I could certainly use some restorative drawing in my life and it's sort of like a low stakes way of just sort of practicing drawing like i don't think drawing has to be scary or serious no Um, and i think it's yeah it's a good way to process whatever's going on just kind of making some marks it's you know can be meditative whatever i like zone out when i draw i listen to podcasts whatever yeah just find find something chill to do and like you know bring that into your drawing practice. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of drawing, you you graduated with an illustration degree from PNCA yeah. in in two thousand eight. What kind of did you do while you were there, and like what what led you out into what you ended up doing for a while that kind of design space? Yeah. So the illustration program was very new. I mean, I think. The first couple of years I was there, there weren't even illustration classes. Like it was, I think, five or six of us in our graduating class. So I took mostly painting and drawing classes just in the painting department. And I had some amazing teachers. Barry Pelsner. Hi, Barry. uh, I know you're retired. I don't know if you'll even hear this. And Morgan Walker was my thesis advisor. Hi, Morgan. (laughs) Just like these old Portland old guys who were just very into classical drawing just very technical. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciated. I mean, I really learned how to, like, I took an anatomy class there where we drew, you know, figure drawing. Oh, yeah. And I took a lot of figure drawing classes. And just really learning how to see and learning how to draw and just kind of the mechanics of drawing was, um, that was really great. And, yeah, I, I feel like all of those teachers are probably not there anymore because they, <laughs> they were all really old. They're, yeah. Yeah. PNC... The arts in Portland have gone through a hard decade, let's say, and yeah. uh, especially educational arts institutions. Oh, my gosh. And it's really too bad because I feel like even if I don't end up being an artist, I mean, I'll always make art, but even if it's not for money, I think there's so much value in a creative education. Absolutely. And, you know, just being able to think creatively, like even in this anatomy class I'm in, you know, I I'm having a way easier time than a lot of other students just because of my ability to connect things yeah. um, to the bigger picture. I don't know. It's just like thinking about it differently. Well, um, you're you're trained to look, which yeah. probably a lot of them are right. just like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. I don't know. Arm, whatever. <laughs> Close enough. Right, right. 
elbow part. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> um so I mean what 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 did you end up doing after you got out of school? Oh right. So I had a bunch of random random jobs. I worked as a a nude model in figure drawing classes. Oh, at PNCA or At PNCA. It was a little funny because it was like a lot of my old professors were like the teacher. I mean it was fine. It was very, you know, I got $15 an hour. <laughs> and then I worked as a nanny. I did actually Nina LaCour, who um, she had her first book come out, a young adult novel. And I got to do the illustrations for that. Oh. Which was really awesome. That was like my first real job, my first real illustration job. Really? Um, because part of the book, well, the book is called Hold Still. It's a really sweet story. And a part of the book includes a journal sketchbook from one of the characters. And so I drew out all these journal entries and sketches and sort of in the voice of this character, um, this high school girl. And that was super fun. And... I did most of those illustrations while nannying. I would walk around with this little baby. He was like 15 oh. months or something. And I would walk around until he fell asleep. And then I would go into a coffee shop while he slept in the stroller. And I would do these little sketches for this book. That was great. So I did, you know, random illustration jobs. I didn't. Yeah, the thing about publishing, you know, I did these illustrations and then the book came out like a year and a half later or something. <laughs> so it wasn't like that immediately led to other work or anything. Um, yeah. And then I was just really good at hustling. I'm really good at keeping in touch with people. So I would just kind of be on, you know, anyone I knew who worked at an agency or whatever. I would just do whatever random jobs came along. That is an incredible skill to have um, as a freelancer. Yeah, like the woman I nannied for, she was a creative director at like a random software company. She hired me to do some stuff. Just anyone I knew, I would be like, hey, I can do this thing. And then I was just like on Craigslist all the time. Um, I don't know if people still use Craigslist. <laughs> Probably not. But like I found this design job at this coffee company, which shall remain unnamed. Anonymous coffee company. They had this group interview. Oh, it was no. awful. The worst possible there one. There were like... 15 people in this room and i was like that was ridiculous like what the hell yeah what like i walked away from that i was like okay and then they called me like four months later and they're like oh we want to hire you <laughs> <I was like laughs> what? four months yeah they had like not nah, i don't know they had some internal stuff going on and and that was part-time so that kind of worked out to where i could still do freelance you know illustration stuff on the side I did a lot of stuff at agencies doing sketches for presentations like um, this Subaru event or like Subaru, we're going to partner with Keen Footwear and we're going to have this like photo booth. And I would kind of draw what that might look like or like okay. something they might build like a like concepting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's what it's called. Concept drawings. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called. I did a ton of that. Um, at agencies and you know I didn't put any of it on my website or I don't know it wasn't like part of my portfolio exactly because the style was so different um, but it was fun it was like I don't know just like go in there and draw but now that I have children and I'm old <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am still a millennial by the way I'm not that old um, but now the stakes are so much higher like I have to make so much more money than you know, I think yeah. I got paid like $20 an hour to do that stuff. And at the time, it was fine because I had a billion roommates. And I was like, oh, let's do whatever. Yeah, at some point, I was like, okay, I need to start like making real money. Yeah. 
Um, got- oh, I, this is where I was going with the Instagram Flickr thing. So I feel like Instagram has kind of lowered rates for illustrators. I wouldn't be surprised. Because images are just like free, yeah. right? It's like the value of an image has gone down. Yeah. Like we expect images to just be free and available. You're just making these already. Exactly. So. Like, oh, this is just for fun. Like when I graduated, I, well, I did some Willamette Week covers because Tom Humphrey. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Who's my friend Andrea's husband. Um, Andrea's the one who went to PSU for design. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tom was an art director at Willamette Week, and he hired me to do some covers. So at the time, covers paid like $200. Oh, really? Not a ton, but now they pay like $50. That's quite a bit like, worse. Okay. You know, so I feel like illustration rates have not kept up with the, no. you know, inflation rates. Well, I was going to say, at least it's so much cheaper to live and work in Portland. Right. <laughs> so, obviously, that's why. Yeah. Huge, huge deflation in the uh, um, housing market. Yeah. So that was sort of my interest in like doing the science illustration or maybe nursing. Who knows? I'm, like, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing, but um, like I can't keep up with the Instagram. I, I don't know. I, I feel like being an illustrator right now. Like you have the potential to do really well and have a huge audience, but I feel like that's very rare. And it's really hard to just have like a normal income, like a normal stable income. It's like you either make it really big, like, you know, Jessica Hish or whatever, or you don't make anything. So I I feel like there's very few just sort of in between middle class opportunities Mm -hmm. as an illustrator, which is which is unfortunate because I think there's a lot of talented illustrators out there who just aren't getting compensated appropriately. Absolutely. And I mean, it also just feels like there's an attack on the middle class more generally. Exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that just country. yeah. And you know, like I'll get and I and I sort of understand it's like people don't understand because of this lack of artistic education, there isn't this general awareness of how long it takes to make a drawing. Yeah. And how much skill isn't you know, it's like I'll get because my style is relatively minimal. I'll get, you know, hey, can you make this drawing for $100? It won't take you very long. And I'm like, actually, (laughs) actually, I have to do like 50 drawings before I get to the one that has like just the right quality, even though it's maybe a few lines. I don't know. It's there isn't this understanding of of time or respect for time. And now that I have very little time, I mean, I have three days a week where I get to work and go to appointments and exercise <laughs> and go to school and just like fit, you know, I'm squeezing everything into three days a week because of the childcare crisis. A, a huge, huge a problem. A huge problem. So it yeah. makes, you know, right now it makes more sense for us to just split the care between my husband and I rather than paying uh, for childcare because we would have to just work, you know, so, so, so much more to be able to pay for the care and then we would never yeah. see our kids. So, so anyway, we each have three days a week to work and one day of family time and that's how we're doing it. And it's not ideal, but um, no, I mean, it's, yeah, there's so many, there's so many trade offs. Yeah, yeah. Like raising a child. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, so in 2011, I went to South Africa because. Oh. This guy, Ricky, was visiting Portland. Hi, Ricky. Hi, Ricky. <laughs> I think you're in Sri Lanka now. I don't know where Damn, you are. Damn, Ricky. Anyway, Ricky was visiting my friend, Adam. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. <laughs> and R- R- Ricky was running a, an art gallery in Cape Town. And he was like, oh, I'm starting a residency program for artists. And I was like, I'll come. Wow. And my friend Adam and I went. 
Um, Adam's a really great. He makes bags and like sewing stuff. Um, Did I say hi to Adam? I can probably. Add, hi, yeah. Adam. Oh, yeah. Just in case. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> they always are. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Adam and I went to Cape Town in 2011 at the very end. And that's when I met my husband, Patrick. And oh, wow. Yeah, he's from Cape Town. So uh, I met him there and yeah. I was freelancing at an agency in town. And it was really fun to freelance because they were paying me hourly and they did not care. I didn't care how much time they wasted of mine. Like I would... <laughs> I would go in. Oh, that's nice on hourly work. I would go in, but I was making, I mean, I wasn't making a lot because these placement agencies take a ton, yeah. but I didn't care because I was, you know, I had a billion roommates, whatever. I didn't care about money at that point. I was just like, I can survive. It's fine. They worked for these like big soda companies you might have heard of. Um, I've heard of a few of them. Yeah. Um, they've worked for like some big shoe companies you might have heard of. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was working on these, propo- they would like partner with Ogilvy to make these presentations that they would just like hemorrhage money on like <laughs> just like make some draw you know I was doing like illustration I was doing stuff like way outside of the brand yeah like stuff that they would never go for but I think they just wanted a ton of content and they wanted to like show that they were really like creative or something oh this is the throw spaghetti at the wall technique yeah so i was like doing all this painting i don't know it was really fun and but i would get there at like you know 10 oh no i was also i also worked at pika Um, oh yes my my former employer as well really yeah oh amazing um tba 15 16 and the framework for the guidebook in 17 oh funny yeah i was there uh, 2011 I'm very yeah. the, the last year of the old guidebook. Exactly. R.I.P. That that guidebook. Yeah, that was a good I just one. like plugged in the template. But the previous designer before me was so amazing and organized. Oh my gosh, the way he set up those files—that's actually like a big part of my design education. Was working in these files that um, Tim. Tim, what's yes. your last name? Kamerer, maybe. I believe it is Kamerer. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Just the technical precision of like. So, like I learned how to use InDesign working off of those files. Yes. So I'm forever... same here. Like I I taught InDesign classes, but seeing what and specifically Tim, what yeah. Tim did, <laughs> yeah, like, like really column. blew my mind. Yeah, and I think because I didn't have really design in school, like I never really learned how to set up a grid properly or like set up, you know, none of that. So. Well, and it's it, like it's also that thing of like in that job, everything is moving so fast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> everything, totally. You're churning out three different, oh my gosh. you know, yeah. major print pieces at the same time. Yeah, so many pages. It's just you. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was another situation. So I went from the coffee company. I forget how the coffee company, I didn't have a ton of design experience but I had done like projects for friends, maybe. I don't know why they hired me, honestly. But I like, I mean, they were really nice, whatever. So you must have killed it in the group interview. I guess. I don't even remember talking. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's know. the secret, everybody. Um, if you're ever in a group interview, yeah, I don't keep your mouth it. shut. Let everyone else kind of, you yeah. know, dig their own grave. Right. That's very grim. Um, but I went from the coffee company to working at Pika. And then while I was at Pika, I was also. Yeah, registered with 52 Limited, and they got me this gig at this agency that shall not be named that was insane. 
There was it was insane. So I would go. I was working. You know, P- Pika was part time. I was there from like ten to two or something. And then I would go to this other agency in the afternoon. And they would it would take them hours just to like figure out what to have me do. And then I would start working at like five or something. And I would just like be there in the evening working on whatever you know they were having me do. But they're like kind of not even sure why you're there or what they. Yeah, I still <laughs> to this want? day to this day I'm like, I mean I must have been contributing something because they kept having me come back and then they they ended up hiring me like full time while I was in South Africa. So I went to South oh. Africa for two months. I was there for two months, but I was all I was still working for them a little bit remotely. Yeah, I think what it was. So I was working on this campaign that was like for a soda company and the campaign was geared towards teenagers and I sort of I don't know I've always been good at that YA sort of sketchy uh, style like that sort of is like a a thing that comes naturally to me absolutely um you know sketchbooky sketchy I don't know young adult kind of look so I think I was working on that campaign quite a bit um I think that's why they could and also that they had a freelance art director named Mishy hi Mishy hi Mishy she was great. Um, anyway, I was working with her on this campaign, but I had already planned to go to South Africa. So I was in South Africa, but I was sort of like working with them back and forth. Um, but the internet in South Africa at the time was awful. Oh, no. And, it was, and the time difference, too, was like 11 hours. So it was oh. it was really hard to like send files. And it was it was hard. But they ended up hiring me full time. So I came back to like start full time. Damn. But it was like it was such a disaster. It was... I just did not know what I was doing. You know, they hired me as a mid-level designer. And the very first thing they had me do, you know, when I was freelancing hourly, I was just doing like, it was really, really a lot of drawing. And I was working with this great art director. And and then once I was on staff, it was like, here, make this presentation. Oh. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing because I had like no training. Real, I don't know. I was like, I'm not really <laughs> good at typography. Like I didn't. I just like did a horrible job, and then they were they worked these crazy hours, where it was like I would get there at nine a.m. like I thought I was supposed to be nine to five, right? But then they wouldn't actually start till like three or four in the afternoon. Oh no! And they would expect me to just be there all evening. Oh no! And because I was on salary, you know, they had suddenly no respect for my time. Yeah. Like, oh, we're paying you the same no matter what. And it was just bad. And it was bad. And I feel bad because I actually really liked them as people, but it was such a disaster. And there were, I was there for maybe two weeks. I had just come back from South Africa. My future husband was coming to Portland. Oh, wow. Because he is a filmmaker. So he had, um, you know, a gap in work. And he was like, I'm going to come to Portland. Check it out. Very <laughs> <laughs> young, you know, young and childless. And so he was arriving at like 9 or 10 p.m. And I was still at this agency, right, working. Oh, God. And I was like, I got to go to the airport and like pick this guy up. He just arrived from South Africa. And they're like, no, you have to stay. We have this presentation tomorrow with this big soda company. And I was like, I have to go. And like, I just left. And then I came back the next day and they were like, you need to think about whether you want to be here. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here. <laughs> it was just bad. Whoops. It was, it was bad. And I feel bad because it was just like, uh, it was just not. It ended up not being a good fit at all. Um, yeah. Just kind of cool. I don't know. It's like, I, I can't do this. I mean, if if they're going to be that 
insensitive to your needs as a human outside of the place, then that's not a place that you want to be working. No, no. And, you know, I feel bad because they had to call in this other designer to come that night and, like, basically work all night making this presentation. But it was like, get a project manager. Like, they didn't have... There was just nobody, like, keeping everyone on track of, like, hey, this is due on Friday. You know, they didn't tell me till Thursday that this thing was due on Friday. And I just think that the whole agency world... I think is changing, but that was sort of normal. You know, that was like, they were like ex-Widen guys who like, Oh God. You know, they yeah, were just like, that was just their life. And they didn't think it was bad. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> oh my God. But that was also like my first real salary job. One of my only, honestly, it was like, I didn't really have that ever again. So it was appealing, but yeah, no, it didn't work out. Um, and then after that, I saw an ad on Craigslist Ooh. for Jelly Helm is seeking a design assistant. Legendary creative director. Right. He put up these like random Craigslist ads. <laughs> and I would not have guessed yeah. that about him. <laughs> yeah. so he was like just starting. You know, he had just left Wyden, I think, at the time. This was like 2012, I want to say. Um, and I applied to that. I did not get hired. He ended up hiring this guy, Aaron. You know him? Great, uh, great. Oh, uh, Aaron Rayburn, yes, Uh, an alum of this program Exactly. Yeah, he ended up hiring Aaron Rayburn, but his wife, Kathleen, hi, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Also, (laughs) hi, Aaron. (laughs) She had seen, I think he had shared my portfolio with her. Anyway, she really liked my work, and yeah, anyway, like, he kind of, I don't know, he, he still, like, kept me in mind, I guess. And then one day at Kinko's... Do you remember when FedEx was called Kinko's? <laughs> Absolutely, I do. I was in line at Kinko's picking up a print. I used to make little books or whatever. And I told them, my, I was like, oh, I'm picking up for Mia Nolting. And then this guy behind me was like, oh, hi, Mia Nolting. I'm Jelly Helm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Just oh, doing hi. some FedEx networking yeah, or Kinko's networking. Kinko's. Now, so we met at Kinko's and then he was like, oh, my designer, he had this other designer, Meta. Hi, Meta. Hi, Meta. <laughs> Who I later shared a studio with. Anyway, Meadow went back to Denmark and he was looking for like a part-time designer help helper. And I was like, I can do it. And so we like had a little interview. I showed him my portfolio and he was like, this is bad. Like your portfolio is bad. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he didn't say that. He told me later, you know, like at the time. Because I was like, I did not know what I was doing. Like yeah. the, my sense of, I, I never had a typography class. So I was like, this looks cool. Like I, I just had no idea. But he, he did remember you at least. Yeah, he remembered me. And I think he saw in my work like potential right like just creative potential um and you know he did describe me later as (laughs) i forget maybe i was getting help with a bio actually he was like you know i think you're just an artist trying to make it in the commercial world (laughs) (laughs) like like that's that's not untrue all right that is like basically yeah like i graduated from art school i'm like how do i make a living Design is cool. I like it, you know. There's money here. But I'm not like a designer. You know, like I feel like a designer is like a specific, I don't know. Like I have an aptitude for it. Like I can sort of fake it, but I'm not a designer. Well, it's, I I mean, I think that's not an uncommon feeling. And it's also, and we, we were kind of talking about this before the show too. Like, you know, where you kind of start out as and where you go within this field, like, is constantly changing. Yeah, like for what sure. your wants are, what your needs are, and what like 
Yeah, and where your skills lie. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like, I've definitely had students who've also gone out, you know, straight into, like, the 52 Limited, like, freelancing based on, you know, just, like, placement. Mm-hmm. And some folks love it, and some folks, like, will will get from that a sense of, like, exactly the kind of workplace that they want to eventually be in. Totally. Um, and, like a lot that they don't ever want to be yeah <laughs> a lot of situations yeah. they want to desperately avoid well in, in graduating in 2008 it kind of forced me into freelancing because yeah. it was a big recession and no one was hiring yeah. full-time so like i didn't you know in a way yeah and i'm glad now in in retrospect i'm glad that it worked out that way but like i tried to get real jobs and there just weren't any i was like i'm just gonna freelance and piece it together and um yeah figure out how to make it work totally um so you're working now for 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 jelly helm yeah so this was like 2012 and it was it was part-time um i was working with betsy lance hi betsy hi betsy and meta had gone off to denmark so yeah it was just the three of us and, I, you know, I'm really thankful for Jelly for giving me just this opportunity because I really <laughs> was a bad designer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it turns out I was really good at, like, researching and more kind of art direction, like bigger picture, look and feel kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that is what I ended up mostly doing, not so much the nitty gritty, like, grid stuff. And that was fun. You know, it was like it was part time. And then I ended up going back. So my South African husband was here. We ended up getting married like instantly. Um, <laughs> I mean, you kind of you kind of have we to. We kind of had scenario. to. Yeah, because it was like, well, your visa is expiring. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we if we want to stay together? We kind of have to be married. We could be apart um, for two years yeah. or not. Hmm, <laughs> right. Which one? So we got married in the summer of 2012, and then we went back to Cape Town so he could apply for a residency. In this, like, he had to go back, so yeah. and I went back with him. And we were there for like a year, um, and I was sort of in touch with Studio Jelly, but not really working. Um, I was doing just kind of random, but again, with the internet there, it was like really hard to work. It was really stressful, like trying to download stuff and upload stuff. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, the deadline. Uh, it was just, it was really stressful. I mean, thank God it wasn't the Zoom era yet. Oh, my God. That would not have worked yeah. at all. Yeah. And I think now internet there is better. But at the time, like there's no, you know, that's the internet relied on these underwater cables from Europe. Yes. And there wasn't that going to Southern Africa. Like Northern Africa had great internet. But um, yeah. So anyway, we were on this like crappy cell phone network. Uh, that era of cell phone network you could like buy a little dongle for your computer and it was like so yeah whatever it didn't work and um, connected original iphone and you got you basically you would go to 7-eleven and get like phone time on the little dongle and that was like your internet oh god (laughs) from 7-eleven you could like re-up re-up your cell phone at 7-eleven like it was this, yeah. So anyway, I was like sort of trying to work, but luckily cost of living there was very low at the time. So I forget. I did a random project with, um, I mean, I think it was, yeah, like pre-Instagram, it was almost easier to be, because people followed blogs back then. Yeah. So like it was easier for me to get work in a way because I wasn't like competing with 10,000 other illustrators on the same platform. Yeah. If um, you If you wanted like to subscribe to someone you kind of had to follow them more actively because i think this was also post google reader i think so or right around when it was coming out um 
And then, yeah, the, like the algorithm, like now I have a ton of Instagram followers, but like no one sees my posts yeah. and I don't post <laughs> it, you great. know. That's a great system. So it's like no one, you know, I started this mailing, list. I don't know, anyway. But anyway, so I was, I got some random jobs just from like, hey, I heard of you, you know, I, I saw your blog and that was nice. Like that doesn't happen anymore, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, while I was in Cape Town, I was doing, I did random like shoe company jobs <laughs> um, and you know random soda company jobs. <laughs> major uh, international corporation yeah but like through local agencies that yeah. didn't want to pay me very much <laughs> so I was like, well Whatever. major international corporations are not they don't have money oh, right oh no um and then when i was in cape town i was researching illustration agents so i was like maybe i need an agent and I emailed all of them, and one of them got back to me, and I'm still with them. They're called Illustration Division. Yeah, so while I was coming back from Cape Town, we were stopping in New York anyway to, on our way to Portland. Or no, we actually went to Florida, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, we housed that for my uncles and their Manx cat in Florida. It's um, at least a shorter flight, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, we went from New York to Florida to Portland. So we were just kind of getting back to the states after being gone a year you know my husband had finally gotten his visa or green card or whatever and we had no money we were like i mean we literally had like five hundred dollars and we were like what the hell are we gonna do i met with my agent who's now my agent so that was great so i'm like on their books and it's not like they bring me a ton of work but that sort of opened up you know, because they're based in New York, they they have way more connections to like the fashion industry yeah. or publishing, you know, just like different industries. So how that works is, um, you know, they represent a ton of illustrators. So it's not really on them to bring in work for us individually. But, you know, a client will go to them and be like, hey, I want someone with this style and then they can recommend me. And then that's work that you don't have to hunt down yourself, too. Totally. Right? And they take quite a big, you know, they take 25%, which is a lot, Ooh. but they also charge more. You know, they're yeah. able to negotiate. They do the negotiating, which is awesome because that's my biggest weakness. It's like, just like the client management, I totally suck at. <laughs> like, it's hard. Oh, my God. And they're really good about contract. You know, they actually read the contract. <laughs> they like, have people who understand yeah. the weird contract. It's like, already. I get a contract. I'm like, sure. <laughs> Sign it. Um, First born child. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so fine with me. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so that helped. You know, they brought, you know, they've they've sort of kept me in the illustrate. They've kept me feeling like I haven't totally failed at illustration. Um, because, you know, although I'm not making like a real salary doing it, um, I'm still doing it consistently, yeah. which is great. Um, so from New York, we, you know, we were there for a couple of weeks and then we stayed with our friend Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> and then we went to Florida to house sit. Hi, Florida. <laughs> we were just like, <laughs> okay, here we are in Sarasota, Florida, which is a really weird, cool place, by the way. There's is like, that, is that in the north of, of yeah, Florida? Yeah, it's near St. Petersburg. Oh, sure. Um, home of the Ringling Museum. As so in the, the circus? As in the circus. So the, ah! the Ringling Brothers, um, they spent winters in Florida. They were really big art collectors. Oh, my God. They built this, like, fake Venice canal on the water. They have all these, like, 
Rubens paint, like really like flourishly Rococo paintings. Oh. It's pretty awesome. I they would love a, to see this. There's a James Terrell courtyard. Not what I would associate with circuses, even, but okay. Which I didn't even realize was a piece of art. Like we were just walking through this museum and we walked through this courtyard. I was like, this feels different. Yeah. And then like, I look up and there's a square opening to the sky and I turn out, <laughs> oh, this is a James Terrell. Okay. That makes sense. Just normal circus James Terrell, yeah. of course. Yeah. I That's amazing. I, I should also say too, my grandfather was a uh, was a world famous rodeo clown. He invented the thing where that's incredible. Absolutely, he he invented the thing where the rodeo clown can hop in a barrel and then pick up the barrel on the inside. That's amazing. Before that, <laughs> uh, you you would just get in the barrel and then the barrel would be closed on the other end. Oh my god! And if bull got in barrel, bad times were yeah. had by all. Yeah, my god. Um, but yeah, that was his his kind of big claim to fame. But he was wow. a, he was in the rodeo for. Uh, 30 years something like that and my uncle who recently passed away was a graduate of the ringling brothers oh my clown God, college that's amazing so i have this incredible clown college wow, mug. you should go to sarasota florida <laughs> i want to now <laughs> i think there's also an art school there that maybe was funded by them oh the ringling college yeah, yes yeah, yeah yes i i didn't i didn't realize that was actually associated with the i think so i mean they yeah, they just put a ton of money into that town, I think, because they were there. Yeah. So in a way, they're they're responsible for two different colleges <laughs> associated with clowns. Yeah, amazing. Art clowns, regular clowns. Amazing. Clown classic. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> There's also the Dali, Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg. Damn, all right. Which is really cool. Like, he did a bunch of figurative paintings, like, before the surrealist stuff. He did, like, really cool... Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of, I don't know, there's like a lot of his art school work there. Anyway, so that was random. And also, Sarasota is home to the largest Amish population outside of Pennsylvania. <gasps> they. Um, it seems like it would be hard to be without technology in Florida. Well, they, it's really funny because they ride their like three-wheeled bikes in the bike lane next to these like massive trucks, right? There's like Florida, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> And then there's Amish people in their bonnets and their carriages in a bike lane. And it's really heartwarming. And they have all these shops where they sell, like, candied apples. And you can, like, buy popcorn and furniture. (laughs) I I hope nobody's rolling coal on them. I know. It's really sweet. And, um, yeah, so (laughs) it's just a funny place. Florida is weird. (laughs) I, like... It's funny. It's funny there. Um, yeah, so we went from there, and then we went to my parents' house in the Bay Area, um, thinking we would move to the Bay Area. Oh. We had already, we had shipped all of our stuff from Portland. Down there? Down there. So oh, we had no. all of our stuff in storage, maybe in my parents' basement. Um, yeah, we were, like, totally moved out of Portland. Like, when we moved, when we went to Cape Town, we were like, let's just come back to California. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? So yeah. we were living with my parents, again, with the random jobs. Like, I was just, you know, both of us, because my husband's freelance, too. So we were just, like, emailing. We just, like, had a list of, like, all the agencies, just any connection we could possibly forge. Like, both of you trying to build Both of us trying networks. to build a brand new life, trying to find work, trying to find an apartment where they were like, oh. you need to make... Here, this apartment costs four thousand dollars. You need Fuck. to 
Not only that, but you need to prove you make three times that per month. Like, we definitely don't make $12,000 per month. No. We, yeah, we have $1,000 to our name. Like, it was bad. Um, oh, I'm guessing even the $4,000 apartment is not very nice either. No. It was like a studio. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, I somehow, I forget how I got this. I got a job, not a job job, but like a, you know, few weeks long job doing illustrations for a video that this company, I'm going to say the name because it's really funny. <laughs> this company is called Total Media Group. Total Media Group. <laughs> exactly. They, wow. They did a bunch of stuff for like Bruce Springsteen's like album. All right. I don't know. They did random media, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did total media. All media they're into. And they hired me. They were doing this video for, fuck, some sort of educational team building company or something <laughs> they had this woman what? talking it's impossible for me to that string of words is just, I, I don't remember educational team building i don't remember exactly who the client was but they had the basically they filmed this woman on a green screen or like a white background like making these hand gestures <laughs> And then my job was to make the thing she was pointing to. You know, this was before that TikTok thing where you would, like, point to the screen. So she'd be, like, pulled, you know, she'd pull down an imaginary, you know, pulley down thing. And I would, like, draw this, like, shade she'd pulled it. I don't know. So they were, like, animating my drawings for this. Or, like, she'd be holding up a a fake megaphone and I would, like, draw the megaphone. And she'd be talking into this megaphone and... Um. Anyway, I did, did that. she really have a sense of what it was she was doing before, or I were have... these just improv? Like there was a script, okay. I believe. Yeah, there was a script, and yeah, with storyboards and stuff. It was so random. I forget how did I even find them. Maybe Craigslist. <laughs> it could have easily. Yeah, it could have easily been Craigslist. I mean, it's worked out for you so far. Oh my like... god. Yeah, this was like 2013, I guess. Who knows what was going on? But this this um, San Francisco Total Media Group, they were located in South San Francisco, which was the very last stop on the train. And my parents lived in Arinda, which was like East Bay, east east of Oakland. Oh, and, boy, that's a commute. <laughs> and I had to go and they made me come into the office, even though I could have easily done it remotely. They made me come into the office. Mm-hmm. And it took an hour and a half to get there mm. and an hour and a half to get back. And that's also like a $15 BART ticket. Yeah, too. it was ridiculous. It was like, is this going to be my life if I live here? Oh, Just like God. taking BART to like the far ends of the tech. I don't know. It was like, <laughs> it was bad. And I did. Oh, that's when I did some stuff for Airbnb because my friend Annie worked there. Hi, Annie. Hi, Annie. And that was when they were just starting. She had maybe one designer working for her. She was in the marketing, you know, she did marketing stuff. Um, Yeah, they were super small at the time. Um, And I did some random stuff for them. Like I made little maps and that was really fun. So that was cool to have that connection. Yeah, just random. I guess my whole career has been just like (laughs) random assignments. (laughs) I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. (laughs) At what point do you do you kind of decide that the Bay Area experiment is like you know not what I you turned do? I turned thirty while I was down there and we had been living with my parents for months 
And it just was not working. No. And then my parents were like, well, we want to retire in Portland. What if we bought a house up there and you guys could live in it? Oh. And we were like, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. So that's what happened. Like, they bought a house here uh, and we lived in it. Wow. And we still live in it. <laughs> and it, it all worked out. And it all worked out. So we came running back to Portland because the Bay Area was infeasible and on fire. Um <laughs> And it's that, you know, I I grew up in California and I really have this romanticized nostalgia for it. But the reality of California now is just it's so different than how I think it is. I mean, it's it's like Um, it's on fire. It's really sad. It really is. And it's so expensive and it's so it's just impossible. It's like people commute. You know, my sister was living in Petaluma commuting to San Francisco or like Marin. It's just crazy. Like how. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I. Sometimes we'll go on Redfin and try to make myself feel better about how expensive it is here now yeah. by looking at like places in California that you know the median selling price, and it's hard to find anywhere around the Bay Area where it is less than nine hundred thousand. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's it doesn't bananas. exist. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy, and it's not like wages there are that much higher. No. Like they're a little bit higher than here, but not that much. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're back in Portland. So we came back to Portland. I had been in touch with Studio Jelly and, and Betsy was still working there, I believe. Yeah, I think she was. Oh, and when I left, so when I left to go to Cape Town, we, Betsy and I helped find this guy, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex, who's an excellent designer. Also went to PSU, actually. Oh, hey. Um, and I knew him through Andrea and Brian Short Shorts, Dalton. Um. Hi, Andrea and Brian. Anyway, Alex was working for Jelly, and I think Betsy had moved on maybe by that point. I can't remember now. Anyway, I, I somehow like got back in there, and it was, again, part-time, and I don't know if it was freelance or salary. My relationship with Studio Jelly was like sometimes on payroll, sometimes freelance, sometimes project-based, sometimes like salary, part-time. You know, it was just like random. Yeah. Because it was super small. It was just like one person. And after my last experience with the previous agency, left a really bad taste in my mouth about agencies. (laughs) I was like, I can never work at a regular agency. Like, I was just like not interested in trying to make that work. Yeah. Um, And then Jelly is, you know, he's a particular character. (laughs) I'll just say. (laughs) Super unique. You know, I learned a ton from him, but definitely not like a regular agency. Yeah. Which was probably for the best for me because I didn't, you know, fit into regular agency. I mean, they literally would throw the football around and drink whiskey. I'm like, are we in Mad Men? Like it was... You know, super nice people, but I'm like, what? Like, what is that? (laughs) So anyway, I just, it wasn't a culture fit, as they say. Um, (laughs) So anyway, working, working with like weirdos at Studio Jelly was a little more my speed. (laughs) And the clients were great. You know, Dr. Bronner's, you know, they were great. Oh, yeah. Studio Jelly was kind of behind that big rebrand. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago. yeah. Adam McIsaac, who's a typographic genius. Um, you'd, you'd have to be to do that much typography. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The densest type there is. Yeah. Really incredible. They're still family owned, by the way. A lot of people think that they got bought out by Colgate, but they definitely did not. So anyway, I was back at Studio Jelly 
And then Alex left to take over his dad's family business, making garage doors. Oh. Um, so All he right. like totally left the industry, and then there was kind of nobody left. So, and Jolly was like, do you want to be more full-time? <laughs> I was like, okay, so I tried full time for a little bit. Like, wasn't I don't know, like the eight thirty to five thirty in a desk thing was like kind of destroyed me. Yeah. And then how I'm trying to now remember, I don't know if I like straight up quit. Oh, this was around when I had my first child. Yes, being pregnant gave me a really good excuse to leave that full time situation. That makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna step out. I'll still be available for freelance, whatever. Yeah. And then somehow I ended up back there again. <laughs> it's funny. You thought like, you were out, but they keep bringing you back Yeah, in. like we had this funny, like, yeah, funny back and forth thing for a lot of years. Um, <laughs> a, w- a will they, won't they, you might say. Yeah. It's like... Oh, man, really up and down. <laughs> you know, the, I think it's this combination of, like, me not knowing what I wanted and him not knowing what he wanted or needed. And it was just like, oh, there's this project you'd be good for. And then um, and I ended up, when I came back, yeah, my first kid was, like, around one, maybe. I came back to finish this website project for these architects. That was that ended up being a huge project. Oh, is this a uh, hacker? Yeah. Yeah. And I did. I did design that website. Actually, I used InDesign. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's, was... that's website on hard mode, right there. Yeah, I basically. I mean, it was so minimal and so simple. I think it was fine, yeah. but it was definitely like, okay, I'm not a web designer. <laughs> well, it makes sense for architects. Architects want clean, simple, minimal. Yeah, hate serifs. Totally. These are the things I know about architects. <laughs> yeah. Black and white. Right. Um, and it worked out, and I think it's a cool website, actually. And that was sort of my first, like, real art direction role, I would say, of, like... But I discovered kind of in that, like, I sort of realized, like, oh, I'm actually a better art director. Like, a, the traditional path is often, like, designer, art director, creative director. Yeah. But I don't... I feel like art director and designer are such different skills, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, like as an art director, I was working with photography and working with like colors and look and feel, you know, and not yeah. not as much like the grid or the, the like I've never made a logo. I have made attempts at logos. It's a path. It's like, <laughs> like I can't make a logo. Like that's like a designer makes a logo, right? Or like a stationary system. Or yeah. Like a, brand, like a system. Like I don't like. Well, it's, but it's also like, I mean. I think like the art director, you are you are the one making the connections. Mm-hmm. Like and as the designer, you're like on the ground getting exactly. your hands dirty and Right, like, actually making it. Yeah. 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 And I'm much better at like critiquing work than making <laughs> it, I would say. Like I can look at a logo and be like, that's bad. Yeah. But I could never make a good one. <laughs> like ever. Like, no don't ask me to make any more logos. People are always asking me to make logos. I'm like, well, no, yeah. I don't make logos. <laughs> People are always asking me to do illustration, and I absolutely can't do that. Yeah, like they're not the same thing. No. Just because you're creative doesn't mean you can make all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I was doing more art direction. And then fully, I was super involved with all their photography, just like the brand building, basically. And I hired my husband as a photographer. Hey. Um, So that was fun to get to work with him. We survived. Our marriage survived. (laughs) Which was a good, um, yeah, always good a test. dangerous thing. It was a good test. 
Um, yeah, so I worked on that for a couple of years. And at some point, I was full time again at the studio. And then I quit and I had a baby and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> now you're now you're you're pretty much on the illustration track. And so, yeah, doing illustration. And then, you know, all the studio jelly years, because it was so kind of piecemeal, I was continuing to do, you know, freelance on the side. And I would always, I mean, this is something I've learned, you know, speaking of mistakes. It's like my mistake, my biggest mistake has been always saying yes to whatever comes along. Because <laughs> I've always just been like a broke designer or a broke illustrator. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I can do that. That sounds fun. I can do this branding project. I would like take oh. on these branding projects by myself. Like, okay, oh, no. this like friend of a friend has $5,000 for a rebrand. And I'd be like, okay. And then it would just go badly. It would just go bad. You know, like, I wouldn't do a good job. They were, it's like, those sort of in-between projects where the budget is not high enough to hire professionals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was just bad. And then, like, the the, right amount that they're very anxious about everything. Yeah, it's like they're paying decent money for this thing. And, like, you know, it's not like I'm getting paid horribly. But it's like I I would ideally want to hire like a copywriter or yeah. a creator. Like I I guess I've learned like through it took me ten years to learn this that like I actually have to work under a creative director. Like I don't I can't just like do a project by myself. Yeah, because I I don't like the management like the working with the clients and talking about the c- contract and all of that and just kind of like walking a client through. The process yeah. is I just fail at every time and it just goes bad. I've had a lot of projects where it's like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. It's, I, but it, I mean, it <laughs> like the relation, yeah, yeah, it's like the relationship part just sort of goes sour and it's like, oh no, they're not happy. It's the complete I, opposite side of the brain. Though. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So, can't... but that's where like working, working at Studio Jelly was really valuable. I'm like, I didn't have to do any of that. I just had like, I had to do the work and I had somebody to ask because <laughs> what ended up happening with me, what ends up happening with me is when I do design work for freelance people, just random clients, you know, it's like they end up giving me art direction and it's like, that's not benefiting either of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you are hiring me for my expertise. Yeah. And then it's like, but then I, I also value like having someone to give ideas you know bouncing ideas off of people i think is important like having someone else see the work yeah is important but the client doesn't need to be that person like it shouldn't be the client doing that no um it should be a you know a creative director someone who's like trained in this Um, who who understands how to reach the audience that they're trying to reach exactly whereas like the client often doesn't know you know why that shouldn't be blue or you know whatever yeah so anyway and then the end product ends up being this horrible mishmash of like well they wanted it this way i guess i have to do it (laughs) whereas jelly helm is really good at being like no this is how it needs to be and here's why you know he's really good at explaining why something needs to be the way it is Whereas I am such a pushover. I'm like, oh, you want it big? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm right there sure, with Sure, <laughs> I'll just do whatever you want. Sure. That sounds good. <laughs> that's going to be a lot more work for me, but okay. Yeah, I'm like, sure, sure. fine. Okay, that's really ugly, but okay. Well, um, if this is what you want, yeah. I must please everyone. Exactly. And I don't have enough confidence to, yeah, just to be able to articulate, like, why that doesn't work. Yeah. Please um, don't be angry with me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then it turns out bad anyway. Yeah. And like, Whoa. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes trying to, <laughs> basically trying to be a designer when I, I'm really just an illustrator. Well, you're a, you're a damn good illustrator <laughs> is you. the truth. Um, I appreciate that. If people want to find more of your work, Mia, where, where can they go to do that? You can go to the internet. I am, I am on Instagram and I am on my own personal website do people have websites anymore i think so i mean with any luck the social media collapse is nearing I if not upon so. us i hope so and then we will all have to have oh websites i just again. i started a newsletter which oh yes i'm already behind on i can't promise any regularity but no one likes emails anyway so yeah it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> i was like do i really want to do this but i don't want to just be only on instagram that's feeling like it's going to be over soon yeah so I don't, yeah. Um, I know it's tricky with this book. Like my publisher sent me this whole schedule of, oh. of marketing, you know, like post this on this day, post this on this day. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got to like do that. Um, so I have to at least like do that. Yeah. <laughs> like try and get, you know, lean it. But anyway, my website is MiaNolting.com and my Instagram is <laughs> MiaNolting and my newsletter is <laughs> me on no wait yeah so it's substack i think if you just look for me on substack i can i believe it's linked from your website yeah too. yeah it's, it's linked and if people want to get a copy of your brand new book slow noticing yeah where do they go for that i think your best bet is just a google slow noticing book yes and it's available you know the big the big corporations sell it and Absolutely. i think you can get it through you know, some independent book. I think you can order it through bookstores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Powell's. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. Powell's it definitely has my it. pre-order. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to get it actually Broadway books. I'm trying to get them to. Oh, I sweet little them. Broadway I books. I know. I love a little them. tiny bookshop. Yeah. On, on Broadway. And I think we're gonna do a, a launch event at National. Ooh. Also, one of my favorite favorite places here in town. Um. Yeah. So it'll be around, and I'm gonna do a much better job this time marketing than I did last <laughs> last time I was so embarrassed by the title I like didn't really talk about it and that did not serve me well yeah a good a good reminder to publishers give give your give your author slash artist yeah. control over the title so they want to promote oh and say gosh. it a million times yeah I also didn't realize that like the publishers don't do that much promotion because no. they have you know they have so many people um so many books so it's really a kind of on the author to like do it. I'm like, all right, shameless promotion. I just have to, I have to do it, even yeah. though it does not come naturally. Well, I I hope all the listeners for this show go out and and reserve their copies now, or depending on when you're listening to it, just go to the bookstore <laughs> or bookstore. You could go to the bookshore, which is where <laughs> you know sort of the tides of books come in every day. But pick up a copy because it's going to be amazing. Thanks. <laughs> Just do some fun, fun drawing. Yeah, it'll be fun. And it, you know, makes a good gift. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Nia. Or thank Mia. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Mia. Thank you so My much. Right. This room may have just completely filled up with carbon monoxide now. Oh, there's no windows. There's no true. windows. Oh, yeah, no ventilation. No, none at all. Yeah. That's why I have this little guy. Nice. <laughs> um, 
Thank you so much for being here. And thank you also to the listener. Um, if the show is, uh, you know, uh, giving you giving you a laugh, giving you some fun times, uh, why not uh, do the, the whole gauntlet of rating, reviewing, and of course, subscribing to the show on whatever, you know, service you use to listen to podcasts. Um, even better, though, you could tell a friend because, you know, people like to hear from other people about things that they like. I assume I have to believe. Um, so make that a reality. Um, you can also follow the show on Instagram uh, and maybe Twitter and a few other places like YouTube uh, at did I do that dot design. And, you know, did I do that dot design is also our website, which I have been spending many hours of my life rebuilding so go check that out it looks good now um so uh that is a really fun time so this has been uh did i do that i'm sean schumacher and as we always say at the close of every episode what is it (laughs) (laughs) did i not read the email no that's that's perfect okay (laughs) thank you so much bye Yes, that's that's the that's the goof with that. <laughs> oh, nice! Oh my god! Thank you so much. I, that's yeah. Breathing exercise. Ah, what a wonderful, <laughs> calming breathing exercise. Maybe just don't tell me when you push. Your... Oh, you already. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been going for a minute. <laughs> That's real. that's why that's why I don't tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we were on the same page with that one exactly. Uh, oh.